0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is browser security, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Peter Ahrens, lead intelligence reporter with malware Malwarebytes. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom.
0: Peter, when it comes to this topic of browser security, what do you find that enterprises and users are commonly overlooking?
1: Uh, what well, consumers and, and uh, end users in the enterprise are both overlooking is, I think, they see their b- browser as a window to the internet, something they can look at, and information comes in, but no information goes out. And in reality, a lot of information goes out as well. The users only see the pictures and the stories that they would look for, but they don't see the underlying code that is making it happen. But it. It is also could be sucking information from them and giving it to the, the people that design the website. And what enterprises also often forget is that legacy systems don't need a browser installed. And well, the the board a system administrator or that's working on the server and doing some tedious updating task. Stop him from browsing because, <laughs> and on a Windows server, it's hard to uninstall the browser because the normal explorer, if you type in a web address, it will act as an Internet Explorer. So that's hard sometimes, and that's what people forget. It's a two way information stream.
0: Peter, talk to me about browser push notifications. Why do you dislike them so much?
1: Oh, that's a, a very pet peeve of mine. They are basically tool tips that come from websites. And when a normal program sends you a tool tip, it's clear where it's coming from. But with browser push notification, that's not always clear because the browser window doesn't have to be open for the notification to appear. It just comes out of the blue. And users don't know where it's coming from. So they think there are pop ups that their computer is infected. And basically have no clue where to find the settings where to where they can disable them. And they also use very tricky ways to get allowed, because the user has to click at the allow button at some point. But sometimes they do this because the button says, Are you over 18? Or click allowed to proceed to the content of this site. So they don't know exactly what they're allowing. Basically, I've never ever seen one that benefited the user. They always benefit the advertiser.
0: Peter, what are the steps that one can take to increase privacy while browsing?
1: Oh, there are lots of things you can do. Basically, you can uh, use a VPN so that you reroute your traffic and it, it can't be tracked back to you. But many people don't like doing that because it it slows down the speed of the internet because well, it has to do that extra step. So it slows it down a bit, but you also have VPNs that work for the browser alone. you can install them as an extension and they will only reroute the browser traffic. So that's one thing you can do. And there are lots of other extensions that can block trackers and advertising. And so you gain back a little speed because you don't have to look at all the advertisements. And there are very special browsers that are focused on
0: privacy. They are
1: specifically designed for private traffic. So you can use one of them if you're really worried about your privacy online.
0: Here's a question we often get from individuals. What does one need to do to safely use their browser for their own financial transactions?
1: What I personally do is is called compartmentalization you use a separate browser for banking. So I use one that I do for normal browsing and surfing and I don't have to worry if I click on a link because nothing can can get in touch with my fin- financial transactions because I use a uh, different browser for that. And that one's obviously perfectly secure and I bookmark my banking sites so I don't have to click on links to get there. I, I have them in my bookmarks, so I know that I'm real going to the real site and not some fake site that a official set up. And one tip that people often forget is always log out when you're done.
0: Here's another popular question. Is using one of the less popular browsers a good strategy for security?
1: Mm, not always. I mean, uh, security through obscurity is a, is not a good strategy by design the chances that uh, uh, an attacker is after your browser is smaller, but if they get the chance, they'll do it anyway. And the big browsers, they have big money to spend on security. And smaller browsers often struggle to to have better security. And a lot of uh, uncommon browsers are built on Chromium, which is basically the same as Chrome. So whatever Chrome is vulnerable before those Chromium-based browsers are vulnerable for those attacks as well. So that doesn't always help.
0: And, of course, all the extensions in the web store are safe to use, correct?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if only. I can find a, a, a new potentially unwanted extension every day and then still miss tons of them. And that's not just advertisers. There are miners. There's real adware, ad frauds, extensions and they do their best. I mean, Chrome has instigated that the code in the extension is not allowed to be obfuscated. So if you can't read the code, then the extension is not allowed. Uh, they, Chrome and Firefox have stepped away from inline installs, so you can't install them directly from the website anymore. You have to go through the web store, but the web store is not a guarantee that a, a, an extension will be safe. I wish, but there's a long waste on that, and then there's forced extensions they keep you trapped on a website until you allow to install the extension, or they won't let you go. You have to shut down your machine or and as soon if you have restore my last session, then that site comes back every time, whatever you do so there's and you can 't see that from the web store how why the user came there to install it, so that those are usually. Not really unsafe, but they're more or less extortioned onto the user.
0: Peter, talk to me about malware bytes. How are you helping organizations to improve their browser security across the enterprise?
1: Well, we have in the main product we have the uh, web filtering. We uh, filter uh, IP addresses and uh, domains that we know are pushing pups or adware or or other malware. We also block IPs that are known C2 servers. I mean, the servers that are used by malware, uh, like ransomware to send uh, instructions to infected machines, we block those. And then we have our own extension that is available for Firefox and Chrome. And that is not just the filtering, but it's also based on behavioral analysis. So if you go to a site and it does certain things that we find suspicious, then it just blocks that site. And and if people don't agree, they can can always go on. But it is a first warning that something might be wrong because if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a little goose.
0: Well, very good, Peter. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for uh, talking to me.
0: We've been talking about browser security. I've been speaking with Peter Arnitz, lead intelligence reporter with Malwarebytes. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.